Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamblot and Michael Sidgwick. Here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. House of the Dragon! But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your broadcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also Red Pay Baby, Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, Pay-Views, Premium Live Events, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a mega quiz, of course, on Wrestle Culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamilton Sidgwick to look ahead to AW Dynamite. Ooh, House of the Dragon! Um, and let's be honest, fingers crossed, Sidge, a major return tonight. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> I'm absolutely not ready for this. Kenny Omega's my favourite wrestler. He's my favourite wrestler of all time. I'm going to be anxious as all hell about the physical condition in which he is in. Um, look, they've leaned so heavily on the idea that it is, in fact, Kenny Omega returning with a kind of a quasi-first dance deal where they've never said it by name, but the implication is very much obvious, so much so that if they do not deliver Kenny Omega, they want to hop on Twitter right now (laughs) and say, whichever backup plan we have, which is probably a smokescreen for Omega anyway... Just bring it forward, just to get Omega in. Doesn't matter what storylines are, he needs to be on because everyone's so hyped about his return and expecting him to um, be the mystery partner of the young bucks. Um, yeah, I'm scared. I've seen various interviews, and obviously he's not going to do an interview in gear on Zoom. He is going to do it in his clothes. Even when he was like a tag team champion, he never really dressed for the occasion on TV. It was always a case of, I'm going to be the cleaner one day, and I'll wear a fucking suit when I'm goddamn ready for it. And it will, if anything, further neg Hangman Page. I can't be asked to dress up alongside you, but when I'm by myself, mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. So he just looked like he was in street clothes. He looked very pale. So he's obviously not going to tan himself. He's not going to wear gear. So you're not going to get the full idea of what Kenny Omega, the returning megastar wrestler, is going to look like. But uh, I'd like to see him shredded a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> It's weird. Um, it's just I should learn to let it play out mm-hmm. with a man, Kenny Omega, who has pioneered the idea of telling one long continuous story in pro wrestling. He's not one of these hack carnies. He transcends all that. He doesn't just, I'll turn heel for a program. Oh, I'm not that hot, actually. Yeah, I'll just turn babyface now because I think the fans are asking for it. Oh, I've been babyface for a while. Oh, the fans are getting sick of us. You know what I'll do? Because wrestling's just this stupid and easy. Nah, I'll turn heel. Simple as that. He has totally transcended pro wrestling storytelling as this long, continuous story where everything can be tracked, everything is coherent. 
I should trust Kenny Omega more than any other wrestler to come back when he's goddamn good and ready. But it's just my anxiety feeding it mm. something. And if he's coming back to do the trios title, is that because he can't really go anymore at these 40-minute singles matches that he was spectacular at in New Japan? He himself has kind of said, I don't have that in me anymore. I'm going to do a new... I just want him to be great. Mm. I don't want to see my favorite wrestler become Shawn Michaels a crown jewel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's nowhere near that, but no. I don't want to see him on the decline. I'm just scared. I, I love the man. I absolutely love him. Um, can we just dive balls deep into yeah. what's going to happen? I expect this to be the main event. It would be kind of stupid not to be the main event. Because Danielson um, Garcia is going to be this incredible match, but I would start the show with that in hammer heavily in the first quarter the mystery partner for the Young Bucks is going to be revealed. And maybe have Excalibur, say, drop some references to the, to the cleaner and some really mystery sort of... Mystery always draws, are they? Always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, yeah, so I expect for this trios match, it to be Kenny Omega. I will leave the alternative plan to Hamflip because I realize I'm talking at length, spluttering because my Omega <laughs> obsession is just making me do it. I think that it will be Omega. They're not stupid. They will know that everyone thinks it's going to Omega. So it will be Omega. But if you chart back the, the the recent history of the Elite Saga, Kenny Omega said, on the Dynamite after full gear, I have some things to take care of. I need to go away for a while. I haven't watched the tape yet because I can't bring myself to do it or words to that effect. In the meantime, he is going to have watched the tape. He's going to have realized that the Young Bucks tacitly endorsed Page or first started to very slowly realize that the path they'd taken as characters and as men was not the right way. In the meantime, very recently, they've obviously asked Hangman Page first. Now, is that because they didn't think Omega was ready, or do they think because Page, having beat Omega, is their best chance at gold? So there's that texture there that's like notorious with this elite storytelling where you can understand each... Um, person, each character's perspective, and it creates these wonderful shades of grey that are antithetical to this pretty cartoonish babyface heel spectrum, which, at the very best of the elite stuff, makes all of wrestling pretty stupid and cartoonish and pathetically binary almost. That's how good these guys are at their best. And to further that type of storytelling they've pioneered, I kind of expect Kenny Omega to be pumped up during the entrance and coming out because he can't really act like conflicted or removed from everything that's going on when he makes his return mm. because the pop's going to be so huge. But I expect throughout the match them to show ring rust, um, a la the very first AEW Young Bucks match where they'd taken those months off for the first time in however many years and they struggled to get on the same page and intentionally botched their way through the opening half of the Lucha Brothers match. I expect them to do something similar um, to that with Kenny. Um, Kenny throwing the odd mistrustful glance and being a little bit reluctant to actually physically tag in because he knows that or he thinks that the books prefer Paige to him. So I expect the storytelling to be textured um, for them to not be the fully reformed elite for all the reasons I've just disclosed. And Kenny Omega is going to make me anxious by making it seem like he's slowed down. <laughs> he's going to really, I think, I'm sorry, I'm talking for ages here. No, I apologize. I really think he's going to create the impression 
which he's probably worked quite a bit on social media and in press interviews where he's saying, oh, surgery's got delayed. I didn't have a surgery that it's not really repairing itself in time. Um, I had to rehab this one extensively. It's not really working out. He's going to play with that. He is going to torture <laughs> his dearest fans. And we are going to see, I think, one glimpse of him propelling into someone's face with a V-trigger and making you think, oh my God, the cleaner is actually back. I expect, and I hate this cliche so much, but I, I will take you on a roller coaster. He absolutely will do that. Um, if he doesn't apply this much thought, and he will, he's Kenny Omega, he's basically going to be mint again, and I'll just <laughs> take that as well. And they're obviously going to win. Yep. And the post-match celebration is going to be again in line with everything I've just said, I expect it to be a little bit reluctant where the book's like, get in, we've won, we've advanced. And Kenny's going to be like, oh, I'm happy enough. But, you know, dickheads, you did choose Paige over me. It's that layering is so important as well because, as Cedric's pointed out there, if you can get into the heads of all of the members of the elite individually. Find, even if you disagree with them or you understand how you're supposed to read the characters, you can find their individual rationale. Matt rang Kenny in the being the elite bit and he was doing it as an are you sure? Kenny was, rang Matt. Sorry, Kenny rang Matt as if to suggest that he'd seen Hangman Page and been a bit, had his ego bruised a little bit by, hang on, I'm Kenny Omega, you should have called me. But then Matt being like, are you sure? That could be Matt being concerned for his friend that he's not fully fit. Kenny could read that as doubt. Mm. And you, both of those are valid. You he, know, to, and he did have a laundry list of injuries. This is it. Like Matt and Nick not considering Kenny in the first place could be based on that laundry list. And all of this is so great. And all of this is what informs all of those things that Sidgwick sort of like articulately described there because they all matter. And none of this would exist without that level of detail at every point in the story. Kenny Mager's Wikipedia, outside of him leaving Deep South Wrestling. And even then you could say, well, he left because he just thought wrestling could be better. You could start the story right there. His Wikipedia even though it's going to be broken up by the chapters of the companies he worked for, should effectively be able to read as one long thread throughout his entire end-to-end. And that's only going to continue here. From a strictly pro wrestling point of view, and much in the same way when we sat in this very studio and talked about how CM Punk's debut might play out and that kind of... We were still then, like AEW had only just returned to crowds, but we were still trusting within AEW enough to get it right, but we just didn't know what version of right it was going to be. Their teasing of Kenny Omega in the way that they've done it has been close to that type of marketing, Mm -hmm. that kind of, we don't want to tell you it because we want you to be surprised, but we understand now that a wrestling surprise is different to what it used to be. Cynically, they want the number, they want the interest, they want the conversation, but they also know that the best experience is being 99% certain and 1% unsure. Yeah. Rather than being 100% certain, the the 99% is better because you need that little bit of doubt because that plays in the anxiety and then pop when he returns isn't just a pop it's relief as well and it's like it is everything i wanted like there's a nervousness like you really that's they've understood that in a way that i think almost no pro wrestling before that has actually like they've tony khan has spotted that as a lifelong fan he's worked out how to replicate that feeling and i think that's what the doubt exists for there was one understandably wrestling fans you know wwe was the as triple h would say the playbook for so many years and i think we're all guilty of this from time to time they're lining up a surprise that seemingly has this obvious payoff it is understandable still, and it's going to be like this for years, why people would look for alternatives instead, why this idea is like, well, no, Vincent Mann has spent all my out at life trolling me, so why would he not do that? Why would another <laughs> wrestling... Co- I get it. I get it. I do, and I empathise. But, like, 
Brandon Cutler in a Kenny wig because he dressed up as Lita one time. Whatever. You know, you've seen mm-hmm. all the fantasy booking things. They're all there on Twitter. But the one, um, and this was tweeted to me by at Sasquatch Photo, Devin Chomk, I believe. Sorry for oh, yeah. butchered the pronunciation of his surname, but we've all seen him in our replies before. Regular listener. He said, what if Omega's, uh, what if Omega is a misdirect and their partner is a little more golden? And that leads us to the only suitable alternative to Kenny Omega, which is Kota Ibushi. Um, the Young Bucks and Kota, of course, work the main event of All In. The Golden Elite can exist without Kenny Omega. And there's something, it's an extra layer of, not only did they not go for, Pen- Kenny went for Paige, they went for his golden lover in Kota Ibushi. That's an even cooler, like, I think it's going to be Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But that is, that would be the literal only suitable alternative. The only one out there is Kota Ibushi. It's literally the only one. Please, out there, do not think it's Marty Skrull. Please, for no, God's yeah. bloody sake. And you know what's interesting about the Kota Ibushi thing is that when um, Matt picked up the phone call to somebody, he used very vague words that could um, be spoken to both Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. Are you sure you're ready? Mm. Are you back? Because Kota Ibushi, last we forget, is also in the recovery process mm-hmm. from a really bad injury. So everything he said could just as easily work in a conversation with Ibushi and Omega. So there is that. Look, I do think it's going to be Kenny. Even if it isn't Kenny tonight, and there's this tiny, tiny, tiny possibility that it isn't, he's obviously going to come back because they have very deftly put into mind the idea to the audience that Kenny's going to come back. And this is not a company that jerks its uh, audience around. The only other thing is that if they get someone else and it isn't Kota or it is Kota, and this might just be my incredulity at the existence of the Trust Busters, that they could be a smokescreen, they're not actually going to be in the tournament, they could be written out, and the Young Bucks and someone managed to piss off Kenny Omega that he decides to get the band back together. And how great is it going to be when Kenny Omega and Hangman Page tag together again? It's going to be absolutely wonderful. But about, instead of the Trust Busters, Page, Omega, and someone. Don't know who that someone is but there's something there potentially. It's going to be Kenny Omega and it's going to be torturous until I realize he's fine. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to watch this show and then immediately go on your Twitter. Yeah. First thing, first thing tomorrow morning. Are you, so is your concern, what, is it that Jose, the assistant's going to look better than Kenny or what what is it? Is it just not everything sort of, everything's possible right now? Kenny Omega's an absolutely phenomenal job of convincing me that he's thrashed. Yes. Yeah. Over the past, he's, I don't know if he's candid or if he's just even cleverer than I thought, but the image I have in my mind, whether it's been curated by Omega or not, is of a guy who enjoyed a literally miraculous 2021. I know that the 2018 Dominion, the ideal image of Kenny Omega, is not going to come back, but if it was like a singles program, right, I should trust him. I should trust him. Mm, yes. If it was like a singles program that he was coming back for, I'd be like, right, okay, he's obviously ready to do 30 minutes. That's Kenny Omega. The fact that he's coming back for a bespoke title that's essentially created to advance the next chapter or chapters of the elite story so that he doesn't have to do as much makes me think, has he just decided he can't ever be the old Kenny Omega again, but he's found a storyline way of being a version of Kenny Omega that does five minutes in a match in total. And yet, because it's Kenny, and because it's the elite, and looking at the layout of this bracket, he is effectively, potentially, even in that version where he's like, actually, this trios is kind of a best of both worlds because I can be still... Like, the expectation on what could effectively be, their path to winning trios gold could be two 
potentially five-star Meltzer Bay Forbidden Door dream matches, and then ultimate elite melodrama with Paige in the Dark Order in the final. That's something like, tremendous. That would be the run if they win the trios. And titles. he's still building, if that run actually unfolds as we think it is, he's still building what will be at least a 30-minute match with Will Ospreay, which is yeah. going to be incredibly <laughs> yeah. punishing. Lest we forget, it's, it's nice to be a complete mark. I love being one. Um, lest we forget, CM Punk just completely worked us all into a shoot by hobbling around Comic-Con and like with his anguished face, and he's fine, he's hopping around on his foot. Kenny Omega's probably doing something similar. All of this is very naive, I think, but I don't care. I'm a wrestling fan when I want to be a wrestling fan, and I hope tonight I can be the most mawkish wrestling fan there is. Maybe Omega's going to be like your other favorite wrestler, Brian Danielson, where he might not always be uh, 100% healthy, but he's 100% a person. Yes. And that's the main thing. <laughs> Two questions for you what? before we move on. <laughs> what? <laughs> Two questions. Any gear pitches? Uh, well, so Omega's the T-shirt could come into perfect play tonight because we've been talking about... He needs uh, to save it for Osprey. Like Omega's body is... It, this is not like a, a vanity thing or an aesthetics thing as much as it is a what's going on with Kenny Omega. How, like the T-shirt could be an inspired aesthetic choice tonight because it, it could hide uh, it could hide anything or it could be Kenny Omega's typical, I'll take the T-shirt off when I'm showing respect to the contest in front of me. And if he's been brought... If he's fought his way in because he was second choice to Paige, he might be showing that as a mark of disrespect to the books. I'll just leave my T-shirt on and not match them. Like, you remember when, when the books teamed with John Moxley before Matt Jackson had his, oh, God, which way am I going to go? And they wore the camo. And then the following week, they were back in the elite. I think it was the money gear or something. They had and the then, chandelier on the head and the Dior trainers. Yeah, yeah. Like, they've gone from, like, matching Moxley's tights and the camo to immediately like that now with this now. Like, Kenny, con- like, it, like contrasting them on purpose. Maybe something that is, a like, a slight nod to the team with Paige. He's like, I'm, I'm actually, I think I'm more with him than I'm you two now, just as that, like, that first mm. week. I'd quite like that, because it's stuff that, like, they, again, like Cedric points out, they kind of, this is possibly all for naught when we just see this class trios match play out, but the elite invite you to think of these potential details and these little wrinkles. I do think gear-wise, something that will visually remove Omega from the books, and what's the antithesis of the books could wear something FTR-inspired, very oh. slyly. Oh. Just, like, goes back to Trunks Omega for the first time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, like he's, got, he's got the black Trunks on, but he's got the B in the Elite logo, but it's in the FTR. Yes, yeah. yeah. Now, I know you're, you know, very, very excited, but also scared. A, sen- a sensible father as well. So excited, so scared, like Jesse Spano. Is yeah. <laughs> but you, you're a different breed, you are. Is this going to be another serial late-night gimmick? Yeah. I think so. I think so. Like it's it's Kenny. Omega. Well, it's Kenny Omega's return, and this. Oh, it's a bizarre dynamite. This. The problem is, is that I know for a fact I'll be electrified. What I assume will be the opener. It's looking like staying awake two or three in the morning. Like I need the excitement of the Omega thing to get you through what could be a difficult, long middle portion. This dynamite I've just realised now is I think if it goes the way I think it's going to go, and one match certainly will, is going to be built around. My two favorite wrestlers of all time, Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega, convincing me that they are going to die or get seriously <laughs> injured or can't wrestle anymore or get concussions or literally fall apart at the seams. Ah, oh, great. I can't wait for these. I love it when it's finished. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. We'll talk a little bit about Brian Danielson in a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't want to save the ass boys till last. Yeah. Um, so let's talk... Sorry, the gun club. I'm not getting involved in that pattern. I'm ready for this. I'm a gun club guy now. Well, let's let's talk about them now as we're talking about them now. Uh, obviously, they they lost to Beardhausen and uh, and then Papa Gun said uh, said he wants to toughen them up and give them another test. And it's it's the Varsity Blondes tonight. Yeah. Is he booking it now? Is Billy <laughs> I, right? I, Christian's busy, so yeah. I cannot be asked with the Varsity Blondes, but the point. So I'm going to stick up for the gun club a little bit here, but it's going to be a wider criticism of AEW. So I was, because I was off, I was doing like a big catch-up of AEW and, well, of all wrestling. And What was your favourite bit of the main event last week? Well, apart from all of it. Apart from, I mean, apart from the oh, action. I would probably have to say Chris Jericho's entrance. I love the tights. I love the music. I love the uh, Lion Tamer vest. I love the crowd. I love the ringsiders. Yeah. Brought quality signs to the show. AW underscore one. Follow him on Twitter Top and boy. check out the Travis, sign. thank you again. Oh, my God. <laughs> Travis, our creator. Travis, a creative <laughs> genius. <laughs> oh, drop a new... <laughs> a new <laughs> one. You can't He's drop. never said beer, beer in you, can, you can't drop a new enunciation on us. <laughs> There's no rehearsals. This, that wasn't over the desks. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Um, aye, that look. was mad when it seeing that. Sorry to go off topic um, there. Incredible, and like that. By the way, I know that's like you see that quite a lot now. But like that design style was one of my favorite things for years. Like it's a t-shirt that will never fit me again. But on my honeymoon, I got one made that said uh, Scott and Halper and Beasley and Shroot. And uh, don't worry, love. I've got I've got a personalized t-shirt for the honeymoon. Oh, is it us two? No. Yeah. Actually, it was romantic because we watched The Office together, actually. Like, back when we genuinely, like, properly 100% loved each other instead of just put up with it. It goes a long time. Oh, but, like, my God. <laughs> like, she'd say the same. It's been 12 years. We're doing our best. Like, uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I watched all this wrestling and got back on holiday. And I will say this for WWE and for Pebbage. At least, like, there's not enough good wrestlers in WWE anymore. There are too many of them. But... Like, you know, what everybody's up to, everybody kind of has their place. The bloat in AEW is misunderstood, in my opinion. It's not about that there, there's too many wrestlers, because there, uh, should, be, uh, uh. there should be this idea. 
Well, yeah, there is. But like, there should be this idea that if you are awesome and a free agent and rock up on television and you're great, you get a job or you get used for like yeah. six weeks. That should exist. AEW should be here for stuff like that. The problem I find is that like they tell you, get into this guy and you have three amazing weeks. And I, I love you. Well, you're never going to see him again, so I hope you like that. It's quite a dissatisfying experience as a fan to get invested then just... The, your favourite is disappeared mm. for ages at a time. Or even people you're not that fussed about. It's like, right, fine, Samoa Joe. I'll invest in you then for a few weeks. And then it's like, yeah, he's not going to be on television until the pay-per-view and he's going to work a match you don't want to watch him in. What? Like, that, that's the problem with the blow. It's mm. the individual usage of all these people. The gun club, you might not think they're uh, elite tier, top tier, mid tier. I like them. I like them, right? But I appreciate that like they're not going to be one of the max, the first ones that you think of if you name no. your dream roster or whatever. But the Gun Club's recent run, the Gun Club and the Acclaimed, quite an inspired way to turn the ba- acclaimed babyface. Billy Gunn, genuinely funny, can't pick between his actual sons and these far more charismatic New Age Outlaws avatars. Like, that's quite inspired if you just yeah. break it down like that. They have their split. Billy Gunn, still booking his kids. Well, you're going to work a dumpster match. I could do that. And I was Billy Gunn. I mostly sucked, and I could do that and make this famous, so you're going to work that. He's now pissed off and ashamed that they lost that match and ruined this one, in his mind, brilliant idea that he had. And they're back on TV this week doing stuff. Like, they are a focused upon act that are being stuck with. So this Varsity Blondes thing, I've been told countless times to treat the Varsity Blondes as total scrubs. So now they're probably going to lose to the Varsity Blondes, and Billy Gunn's going to be thinking, what the hell am I supposed to do with you losers? And because it's AEW, that probably goes somewhere. Mm. Like, this amount of effort and continuation, I just, it's more, um, it's more together and it's more joined up than so many things on AW television right now. I think people are completely missing the purpose of this match. Hamflet touched on it. I'm going to expand on it very slightly. Um, the Varsity Blondes are geeks who get beat all the time, whose valet gets taken away from them who can't even not slip off the ropes in the case of Pillman Jr. And that's why they're getting booked in this match, right? It's like a wooden spoon, isn't it? Mm. It's like the, in, it's called the wooden spoon in football. Yeah. Where like, it's the, who who's the lesser of the worst teams, basically, yes. or the slightly better. So it's a wooden spoon match. And um, Malcolm Bivens, if I recall correctly, last week sidled up to the gun club in a backstage segment as if to indicate that he's forming a stable, he's forming a collective, and he wants the gun club in it, which will be so obnoxious. <laughs> It'll be so fabulous. <laughs> and he's kind of playing fixer with the people he's choosing as well, isn't he? Yeah. Ethan Page. Ethan Page, Moriarty. Ethan Page, Moriarty yeah. So, like, yeah. So, I think this exists for the exact reason that Hamflood said. The Varsity Blondes are going to win, and I really hope they are so cruel about it. Like, I want Tony Schiavone to go, oh, wow, really? <laughs> oh, well, I guess I... Ah, the young Varsity Blondes have won. All right, well done. And like, just uh, go all in. Justin Roberts goes, and your winners are Varsity Blondes. <laughs> <laughs> like, just geek them out, geek them out, geek them out. All the while, the Gun Club are incredulous. They're so embarrassed at losing to these people. In totally like the rule of three. So Tony Schiavone can just very quickly go, oh, really? And then Justin Roberts can go, and the winner is yeah, Varsity Blondes. So it's like, Naive, a little bit more incredulous, and then the rule of three, Stokely Hathaway comes out, you're losing to these fucking assholes or something <laughs> like that. And it all exists to gently advance the story they're telling out. If they are cruel here, I will be kind. I completely agree. I think it's the right direction to go in, and uh, I'm just excited to see Billy Have Gunn's some reaction. fun at their expense, please. 
this, this might contradict that long rant I did just trying to defend the gun club. But the the problem with AEW remains. Like the acclaim won the feud where they acclaimed. Yeah. Like so that becomes the issue. The other side of this coin is like, oh yeah, there is too many people because even when you're telling the good loser story, it's now the winners that might just disappear off TV for a month when they should have all this building momentum, having turned face and won a big gimmick match. Um, let's talk John Moxley, CM Punk, Sige. I oh, mean, yeah. Like, not obviously, nothing's been mentioned for this show, but it was kind of a big deal at the end of last week's show. The 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 noise that greeted the return of CM Punk was was deafening. The roof nearly came off the bloody place. Absolutely, I think what we'll get here is a canny promotional tactic where there's a lot of interest in this episode, and just to really hammer it home, I think Tony Khan will drop a tweet two or three hours before showtime saying we hear from Punk and or Moxley tonight. It's ah, oh, Jesus Christ! You know they're going to do something, but they're not going to announce it until later. I said this on the review last week. I said on the review last week, I should save it for the preview because I'm such a mark about it. Um, but the mega fans will forgive me. Mm-hmm. 2011, I think it was, or 2012, CM Punk, famously ground to dust by the punishing and stupidly exhaustive WWE schedule, willingly volunteered to work John Moxley. Dean Ambrose in FCW on his day off because he rated him so highly and just wanted to do it for the love of pro wrestling. When John Moxley was first doing dark spots um, ahead of WWE television, CM Punk famously tweeted an image of Ambrose walking to the wing to the ring pre-shield, tweeting caption our secret weapon. He then famously again pitched Dean Ambrose to be in the shield. Fast forward certain years later, he gets asked CM Punk on Twitter who his favorite member of the Shield was. Oh, Roman. He says on the promo where he's the guy, the ostensible face of AEW, right, John has to go to rehab. Um, I know everyone's expecting me to bury him because of things I've said in the past, but I'm not going to do that. John Moxley deserves all of our support. Please chant his name. In the midst of that promo, he says something to the effect of, you know, me and John aren't super tight. And I'm thinking, hang on, because you were his biggest supporter back mm-hmm when he was um, in developmental. What happened to that relationship? Will they explore it in this program? I'm fascinated by how things went from point A to point Z there. And if they don't touch upon that, they are going to do something incredible regardless. It's just, it feels massive. It feels so compelling. It's just literally conflict out the ass because the actual fight they have is going to be great. My actual conflicted feelings on their fight is going to be incredible. I want this to happen, like, tonight. That's how hyped I am for this. Mm. You said, I'm not sure if you mentioned this on a podcast or we were just talking about in the office, you made a really interesting point about how Punk now appears to be the challenger. Yeah, I thought last week, um, I'm going to go all over the shop here because I love all of this. Big picture, small picture, it's all fantastic. I thought last week, everybody, top to bottom within AEW, did a brilliant job of... uh, like kind of fall in either side of the divide over what exactly an interim title is. This is absolutely not Sammy Guevara wearing two belts, and you of all people, Wilbon, should be most happy about Indeed. that. This is a like a philosophical war. John Moxley cut that promo, like that canny pissed off promo. It's not the first one where he's referenced the fact that he doesn't particularly like reference the word interim. And when he's not said it overtly, he's kind of implied it. Like he's got a belt over his shoulder, he's had it before, and you know what it means, and you know what it represents, and you can come and take it off me if you think that I'm just an interim champion. That was to Chris Jericho, but it was to everybody, and it was foreshadowing that it was to CM Punk. So he's got this belt. Uh, Jim Ross on commentary. I know he's typically disdainful of everything because he's 
a miserable bastard. But he makes a point a few times to like disavow this interim term. John Moxley is a goddamn world heavyweight champion. It's like tweeting Jeremy Corbyn as the prime minister. Like something can be a thing if you be- really believe mm. it, you know. John Moxley is the AW world champion. He's not the interim. What's an interim belt anyway? Excalibur, kind of on the other side of that divide when Punk comes out, is big on the sort of. Uh, now remember, he's the he's the world champion. He's not come out with the belt to do the John Cena CM Punk face off. He's come out as he is to take that belt back, take it out of John Moxley's hands, take it out of the, the clutch. Because if he comes out with a belt of his own and John Moxley's cradling that, that ruins John Moxley's credibility. What's he cradling if Punk's got the real belt? Like, it's it's not just a figurative representation. It's the literal strap itself. So I hope they keep to one belt, and I hope this this feels like a title fight, not a settling of a situation between interim champions, which is fantastic, which is actually how it should be. The two belts hanging in the ladder match was a nice callback to Sean and Razor, but this is different, and they're serious, like, heavyweight champion wrestlers. So I love that. And am I right in thinking there's only... What, two and a half weeks till all out. Is that right? That'd be fourth of, fourth of so. How many Dana mates? Two more after this. Is that yeah. I think that's the case, isn't it? Don't, they, don't, they don't need it. No, it's a lovely amount of time. Like it's a it's a huge as it, as you could see when you saw them next to each other. But there's two areas I really want them to go to here. One's small and a bit of fun, and one is much bigger. The small one is a, just a bit of fun, but it's a nice character moment between the two, which is Moxley saying something to the effect of, you know. My wife loves you, but I think you can talk, you're can. you a total arsehole and uh, you <laughs> yourself against me last time. It's going to be even worse when we fight at all. Yeah. Go to both of those things, right? CM Punk and Renee, best mates. Renee talked to him at going to WWE for, I work for facts. No, you were working for WWE and Renee got you there like because you trusted her. This can work, right? And that's all out there. Moxley can create that perfect divide. Like, even at home, we disagree on you. Like, I, I know you. I think you're a bit of a snake. She loves you. I don't get it, right? What's brilliant about that is that look at the patterns that are starting to emerge. Eddie Kingston, Hangman Page, John Moxley. Are there three bigger AEW Homer baby faces than those three guys? And those are the three that don't trust CM Punk. Like, what is this? What massive story is this telling about that he is, when he turns, and we know one day he's going to turn, that he was the snake after all. He can be this perfect situational, like, I always think about that like line, that brilliant line. His delivery was amazing, like against MJF. Like, I look in the mirror and I'm trying. But when he says, I've tried, and I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm the worst guy. And Kingston told you, and Hangman told you, and Moxley told you. Because who else, like, when we talk about pillars and people like that, they're foundational guys, foundational good men, and they can see it in CM Punk. So I love that from like a bigger picture mm-hmm. point of view. And yet, it's going to be in Chicago, and it's going to be CM Punk fighting for what he hasn't lost. So like at some point, Punk's got to take a bit of a knock to the foot, and then Moxley's got to work it and twist it and pull it like a boppet. And just, like, <laughs> turn himself heel for the night for it to make the most sense. Maybe not. Maybe they'll play with the crowds. But to me, Punk's got to, uh, like, maybe run out and help him yet again and then knock it. Or Kingston can it be held <gasps> back and just, like, ever slightly sticks a digging in one of those mass brawls or something where Punk makes the save. Just within the next two and a half weeks, you start working on, like, Moxley's like, I know that's not 100%. And if you think, and you'd have to think I'm not going to target it every, like, you need to be training that foot more than anything because I'm going to snap it clean off at the paper. This is brilliant. It's this so is brilliant. absolutely brilliant. It's going to be a hell of a weekend. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, it's a big night, as I say, um, a big night for returns, but it's also a big night because it's it's a, n- a night that we have every Wednesday, Michael Sidgwick. Because this is ladies' night, and I'm thinking no one in day. You know what that means. It's time to play the game. And that is... 
Well, it's Tony Storm versus Carney King. Also, just to, just to point out, it's the first time I've had a chance to speak about this on podcast. What a devastating injury. Oh, God oh. damn it. And I hate it. I've been campaigning, pissing in the wind to get Chris Dartlander. The spot, turns out I should have let her play out because the original plan was for her to win the title off Jade at Grand Slam. Oh. Not happening because she's had the absolute worst luck and I'm sick about it. It's, have you watched Road 2 yet? There's yeah. a, the last sort of three minutes is, is her just basically saying, I did this, big boot, uh, and it's a good, it's a good knee. Obviously, it's, it makes sense because obviously she should have been putting more weight on it because of the previous injuries and blah blah blah. And just the the, the grim acceptance of it of like, well, six months that it, there it is. Happened with um, Tegan Knox the same way, didn't it? Like both both legs because she was kind of a bit worried about the first one. Ah, it's just injuries happen in wrestling. And what's so strange is like the whole thing becomes normalised. Every now and then we say, oh, it's quite nice for this person to be getting a like a bit of a break off television, they can recover properly, come back, and wrestling's great. It's a gift in a sense because you come back and then sometimes it's the worst. Yeah. It's their awful time. Like she's been on a great run. Um, the division needed her yeah. as well and like sh- she'll be very, very missed. Uh, but in the p- place, Tony Storm is now the, the seemingly number one contender uh, for Thunder Rose's title. She's facing Kylan King tonight. Um, seems straightforward this Sige, um, but I suppose what do you reckon of it and, and what time will we hear I'm going to say Tony Storm's music, for example. Yeah, because I think Alan King will already be in the ring. This is just so bog standard, um, obligatory stuff yet again. Hence why we play the game, which is obviously called, well, this is ladies nine. I'm thinking so no one <laughs> Plenty of time for the men. Come on. We need plenty of time for the men. That main event, yeah, is so... Uh, provided another match doesn't get added... And Daniel Gar- Danielson Garcia goes ages in the opener. God damn it, give me all the wrestling you've got, baby. Yeah, 35 minutes and uh, the, the ass boys out the way. And then the, oh, the women, oh, I've got to put the women. One hour. <sighs> 14 minutes. Oh. And eight seconds. Do you know what happened that week? You weren't here, by the way. It was absolutely spectacular. Why am I losing? Well, you're losing because you you left and you left me fighting the journeyman fighter who can't get who can't buy a win. So you're not here. Michael Hamford out of nowhere pulls a hail mary on the uh, on the first dynamite. You're not here for and goes. You know what? I think tonight's the night. I think the women open dynamite, and I go. Okay, I'll take like an hour and 15 because that gives me literally the majority of the show. We all know where they land. W for Wilborn, obviously. The week after, he goes, all right, I've learned from my mistake and it's going to go on pretty late. Uh, one hour 30 or something like that. And I go, all right, uh, one hour 20. And they go in the first hour for the first time seemingly ever. Yeah. So if he'd have done that, he'd have found, he's, he's O's still there. He's still completely winless. No, not this week. <laughs> Breaking the streak this week. Oh, here we go. What did, what did I actually say? I'm writing it down. One, one fourteen, eight. Yeah, like let's that, go. Yeah. With it. We'll stick with that now. Yeah, popping the cherry this week. B plates are coming off. Nailed it. Can't believe Cedric didn't think of it. Quite frankly, it's tiny time. That <gasps> no, wouldn't really be awesome. Uh, I'll go with Rusev Day. <laughs> I'll go with one hour and one twenty-two and ten seconds. Oh, seconds have come from, but I'll just say 122. I will go. That feels late now. I said it. 
Well, you say one hour 22. I'll stick with it now because I don't want to yeah. go back on it. I just, I'm doubting it already. I'll Big go, I was thinking one hour 18. I'll go one hour 18, 16. Not that I've ever been in the winner's circle, so it shouldn't really matter. Is there like prices rule, prices right rules in place here? You know where you can't go penny over on a prices right. I know none of that. Is it just closest to it. Just closest. Okay. Closest, no. to the whole. closest to it, mate. Yeah. I will. Uh, whilst I check on this, close to it, I can't get anywhere near it. Uh, shout out to Adam Blair at Adam Wilton four on Twitter, who's the uh, the guy keeping us up to date and making sure I can actually remember this. Just to update you on the scores, uh, I suppose Andy Murray is zero uh, and two. Uh, but he's a less regular contributor. Uh, currently, uh, Michael Sidgwick, 3-3. Three and three. Uh, Michael Hanfler, 0-5. Oh With and the fives. King of the Mike and the Kazoo, 5-2. Uh, and two. Wow. So it's very close, except for Michael Hanfler. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, a straightforward win for, for Tony here. Yeah. I Do you have thinking on commentary, maybe, sort of negging her a little bit? Well... What the hell was that promo last week? Are they you leaning... You see face? Yes, I did. Yes, thank you. What the hell was that? So they, did you see this one? I did see this, yeah. So the, the shot opens with the two of them in the usual interruption spot. And Thunder Rosa is grinning like that time Bret Hart came out sad on Thunder. <laughs> like, well, I hate all of this. Like, is she... And then uh, following on from the sandbagging t-shirt, is this a gimmick and she's turning heel? Because, like, they've sort of decided that maybe... Well, I've gone out of. They might now. as well turn a heel. Like people, a lot of people have already like fallen out with her. Um, philosophically, even if that sandbagging thing is not to get the hottest reactions when yeah. they returned. When they returned last yeah. year, they did Texas and they hit right, that hard yeah. early. She was so over, and people were just had been waiting pretty much since the original match for the Britt Baker payoff and all of that, and they kind of waited too long. And a lot of that is on AEW, I think. But have they just sort of decided AW, they being AEW that Tony Storm is the more natural babyface, and second time around she's going to get it right and beat her? And thought, well, time to lean into. Her. Uh, Thunder Rosa being the cocky, arrogant champion. Because that face she was pulling was so distracting. I and, the, and the promo wasn't even good between the two. It wasn't like once you got on to concentrate on them, they were... I couldn't tell whether she was just being told or advised, look, everyone's kind of thinking at this point, you're kind of unprofessional and visibly miserable. And she's trying to overcompensate or whether the, the, the character was conveying a sense of she was overcompensating for how kind of scared she was of the imminent challenge posed by Tony Storm. And she was pretending, oh, we're friends and everything's going to be okay, but deep down I'm trying to mask it. So I don't know if it was a bad version of a performance or if she just needs to turn heel and be well, professional. Because they did the... It's This is not not a direction because obviously them losing a Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter came as a result of a miscommunication. Uh, Tony Storm was doing the over and over mm-hmm. again and like yep. at the last second she hit Thunder Rosa needs to turn heel yesterday well yeah it, a little bit of it though that promo last week like all of this and this if she turns heel and turns heel as this unprofessional thing, it, it feels a bit off doesn't it I don't know like some of it's her fault some of it's AW's fault there's something not on about it just that. feels like a bad relationship yeah. from the outside looking in and if it's not a bad and it's a fine one don't do this story I think it's a strange story. I don't, I'm not sure that you would get this with everybody. Yeah. I don't think you would treat your main. I don't think you would treat your main event champions like this. No. Like on professional backstage, and this is who they're going to be as a character now. So I don't know. Feels a bit weird. Have you all got a Tony Storm for this one? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just found this being a little rat. <laughs> uh, let's conclude then by talking about a two out of three fours match, which you assume opens this. Opens uh, this show. Yeah. Yes, I think the idea is long matches draw. 
Really long matches genuinely increase the stabilized viewership because people are wanting to see the conclusion. Live matches draw. Drop this in, give them loads of time, and then drop the idea that the Young Bucks mystery partner is going to be revealed in the main event. That would be my strategy. I know that's kind of a a new version of a strategy in AEW in 2022 because the Big Bang Theory lead-in is so enormous to do all your main event business first, but don't do that. They Actually, they've stopped experimenting with that, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think, this first. I think my main concern with this is, obviously, it's House of the Dragon, American Dragon, Dragon Slayer, blah, blah, blah. Um, will anyone know who this timekeeper guy is? Ricky the Dragon Steamboat? I mean, I, I, don't, I, I, I don't know I, if I, casual I, fans are exactly. going to I'm like, what's this theme? Who's this guy? Like, I don't get it. You know, Is he from Game He's of Thrones? He's no Zach Clayton, is he? Do you know what I mean? Like... Come on. I assume, like, it's not been specified. I assume he's timekeeper specifically for this, considering his dragon stuff. And Oh, my God, somebody's going to try and crush his throat with a bell. Uh, like yeah. Uh, yeah. And then he's going to breathe, shoot fire in the face. Because <laughs> <laughs> Jericho's a wizard, but yeah. he's a dragon. Oh, my God. Fire battle. They'll, Jake, they'll, you know what? Get. There'll be an interaction between Steamboat and Jericho on the show. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like it's all kinds of LTST, isn't it? There's the picture of them as the fan, there's the WWE stuff. Yeah, like, they'll have to. They don't miss a trick this lot. So definitely. The Actually, I tell you what, they did miss a trick once. Remember when they there's a spoiler when the few spoilers that got out during the pandemic and like you know Bischoff's going to be on AEW Dynamite. And I didn't want to read. it. I was like, ah, no, mm-hmm. never going to happen. He actually was. Mm-hmm. I had the best idea. For the Bischoff character. Can you remember this? See this? Remember this? Instead of my idea. I'd love to re Come on, Acast. Find the archive. Instead of my great idea, they actually positioned Eric Bischoff as this sort of like avuncular wrestling old head. He was like a baby face. It's like yeah. so boring and crap. Yeah, like, and you're, you're, you're an asshole. I like Orange Cassidy now. No, you don't. Yeah, no, no, no. Why are you lying? He's such a boring bastard in AEW. No one, no one really liked it. So no wonder he's an absolute bitter troll about it now. You know how. It, he was on AEW television the year after he was sacked mm-hmm. from AEW, uh, from WWE for doing absolutely nout. He's famously very lazy. He's just like, I don't even know what he's doing. He just I related to him, though, because he apparently like would go for multiple plates at the buffet. Uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, I guess. He just went there, like, multiple plates at the buffet. He just didn't really do much. He just went home early. He's just like, left after two months. It was a disaster of a run. It's legend stuff. And he came in to do something with Cassidy, Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho as part of their program. I was so desperate because I don't miss a trick with these cute gags. I just wanted so desperately Eric Bischoff to play the heel, the delusional heel, and turn around to Orange Cassidy and say, you know, Orange, I don't understand the mentality of people like you. How can you turn up to a job and be <laughs> so lazy? You know what I mean? Yeah. The wrote itself, yeah. or at least I wrote it. Yeah, that's a great shout. <laughs> Wasn't it anyway. like, a, like a wordy Jericho bit instead, where like, Bischoff had to remember like 15 catchphrases of what Jericho was or something like that. It was something like, it was yeah. piss poor and very tedious, but yeah. Can we talk about Danielson Garcia? Yes. Yeah, it's going to be terrifying. It's going to be absolutely terrifying. They're probably going to do the trick because this particular story lends itself well to it where um, Danielson is the baby face. He's going to win the first fall in a fair fight. And then Garcia is going to possibly DQ his way into, I oh, know that wouldn't work. You know, how, you know the yeah, way it goes. Yeah, yeah. But then when he's sacrificed the first fall, he's going to just keep bludgeoning his head with forearms and you're going to get like a, a more intense sequel to that horrifying strand of storytelling they did in their <laughs> match the other week. And it's going to be horrible. And then Danielson, in that moment, in that third fall, because he's the dragon, because he's genius, 
is going to make you think it is real. Obviously, it's going to run off the ropes. No one will ever do that in a real fight. It doesn't matter. It's going to feel real. It's going to feel terrifying, and it's going to make you want him to fight back. These guys are so gifted technically. Obviously, Daniel is one of the best of all time, if not the best, to the pure technical wrestling. This goes 30 minutes. They're going to cycle through modes of style and action and tone. Like they're going to really want to have a pissing contest as a technical wrestling match. Then Garcia is just going to want to kill him to get that fall. And then, oh my God, it's going to be absolutely sensational. This, this literally can't fail. This is the kind of match where if it goes four stars, it'll be a disappointment. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't have much to add in terms of the quality of the match. because, And it's so short as well, as you say, like which is a nice feeling. Yeah. A nice feeling to go into a match thinking like that. Um, I want what what I really want at the end of this. Danielson a few weeks ago, and he said it other times as well. But it, it was interesting. It came back around now ahead of this that he said, "Yeah, one of the reasons I wanted to go to AEW, I wanted to bleed. Like I wanted to go to AEW <laughs> and I wanted to bleed." Th- those were his exact words. Um, That's think, how you intensify it. Yeah, I think tonight they bleed together, as is the credo of the Blackpool Combat Club. Danielson wins, but the wins and losses don't matter because we saw that with Moxley and Yuta. It's about bleeding together. And in like, and he said he said it, he verbalized it on rampage anyway. Oh, you were my first guy, and I can't have you. Yeah. So it's already out there. And then there's the beatdown or whatever. And Jericho like, uh, let's get out of here, Garcia. And then they go together. But Garcia is doing the kind of the look back over the shoulder after Jericho's deck Danielson to set up their own match it all out. And not that it's going to be like Garcia is going to make a choice at the pay per view, but it's going to be the first overt tease that the guy that should have been on the other side of the fence all along mm-hmm. might be getting teased in that direction. And it's nicely done. And it's one of them things where, like, it's in the office, isn't it, where you got, like, Michael and Toby and Dwight, and it's like, win, win, win. Like, win, win, win. Because Danielson gets to bleed. Garcia gets this potentially transcendent feud and moment. Is that Michael, more. Oscar, and... Uh, is it Michael, Oscar, and Toby? Because as the, as the media, he's got to get a win as well. It's Michael, Oscar, and... Um, it's the blonde, uptight oh. Christian... Angela. Because it's the picture of the... That's yeah, it, yeah, 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 the win-win-win. And Jericho gets his win because somehow his carnage is winning uh, Brian Danielson at a pay-per-view and the other opportunity. Hey, is Chris Jericho having one of the best years of his career? <laughs> well, yeah, he took Germans off Eddie Kingston, he worked Anarchy in the arena, John Moxley in the form of his life, Danielson. Hey, Jericho's the common denominator. The champion is back. He's so clever. He's, he's, Either that or, he's a smart guy. Either that or if... Yeah, you want to do something else with Danielson, yeah, I'm sure it can work Steamboat or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, the tag. Danielson and Steamboat versus Jericho and Garcia as a set-up to the Jericho-Danielson <laughs> singles. Yes, please. Only thing I'd add, two things. And it's for our boys, obviously. I like I, you, you two have fantasy booked this. Sorry, perfectly. Dragon works that by that. so funny because he refused to work Ric Flair's yeah, last match. I'm not. Oh, I'm not. No. Um, but the only two things I'd add to improve this from your brilliant booking there. Number one, have Daddy Magic on commentary. If you haven't seen the compilation of him from, I think, Dark or Dark yeah. Elevation... <laughs> What's the deal with the price of eggs these days, huh? <laughs> she has something to do with this? Because it's like free range or something she was called, wasn't there she? There is a growing trend as well where people have started, um, you know, when like you've got the Jericho Appreciation Site interview so they can do the Anna J choke gag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> zooms in on Daddy Magic's face the whole way through the promo. So it's worth going yeah. back and watching all these promos, but only staring at him zoomed in. So he's just watching his eyes and his reaction shots to things you can hear but can't see. And my other addition, if you're not going to have the ring bell gimmick, uh, cool hand Ange, uh, Flick Combs, uh, <laughs> Ricky Dragon Streamboat who melts his comb or something. I don't know. <laughs> something along those lines. Like, hey, hey, Ricky, make sure you call it down the middle. Are you going to. Wait, it's just a comb. 
I'm buzzing. I might stay up and watch it now. Yeah. Magic Spoon. Corporate synergy. If Tony Khan can do it, so can we. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, a very exciting dynamite to look forward to. Also, completely terrified, as you say, for a variety of different reasons. But let us know your yes. thoughts uh, on Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE. Watch they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Becoming all elite. The Rise of AEW, the brilliant book by Michael Sidgwick, still available right now on Amazon. You can follow me on Twitter, at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to WhatCultureWrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts including of course our review of this show as soon as it is released tomorrow if you subscribe it'll just drop straight into your feed but for now this has been the aw dynamite house of the dragon preview my thanks to the dadly boys thank you for joining us and we will see you soon hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.